I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm riding solo tonight. Look, I'm here for the sermon by Pastor Reagan. Call him out. Call him out. Where's he at? Man's doing like homework or something. I mean, come on. But I do appreciate the comment. Uh, Dr. Strange Tebow is such a good youth pastor. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, unfortunately, I have um, I've been billed that uh, because of Blake and, uh, of course, being the producer on uh, AYS. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I appreciate. I don't, I don't know if I should take it as a compliment and just appreciate it and just accept it or if I should be upset about it. I'm really not. I'm really not upset about it. I, I but I, you know, I'll, I'll take it. I've been called. I've been called the Zach, the LSU Zach Efron. Been called Doctor Strange. Been called Tim Tebow. Like I've been called just about everything since we started doing this podcast. Um, but hey, guys, I'm looking forward to an awesome night. So we're gonna actually be talking about something. He said. He said, uh, "Okay, okay, we'll give Reagan a break." Yeah, I, he had some sort of big assignment or something. Y'all know he's still in college. I don't know if y'all know this or not, but shockingly, I am the older one. I am the older brother. So, yes, Ryan. Yes, Ryan. I, I got you. Um, so, he's actually still in college, and your boy is not. Your boy's working the 9 to 5, technically 7 to 5. Unfortunately, I work 10 hours a day. It's, it's a joy. It's such a joy. But, uh, you know, of course, in my off time, this is what I do. So, uh, but guys, we're actually going to be talking tonight about something that hasn't really been talked about hardly at all, I don't think. I don't think I've heard it on any other podcast platform, LSU podcast platform. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, I'm super busy, as I said, work 7 to 5 every day, so I'm not able to listen as much as I uh, was was before I got this new job. So, uh, But I'm, I'm excited to uh, talk some LSU basketball. I don't know if y'all know this. But tomorrow, we will be a week away from LSU basketball tipping off. And I am excited. I know that there is a lot of questions surrounding the program. And obviously, everything that happened with Will Wade and his exodus. Is there going to be, you know, what, what, what what's the NCAA going to hit with uh, LSU with violation-wise? Is there going to be a postseason ban? How 
How many years is the postseason ban? Is there going to be a scholarship reduction? We don't know yet. Nothing's been announced. But a week from tomorrow, we will have tip-off with LSU basketball. And I know, I know, I know, maybe some of you do not want to listen to LSU basketball talk right now. Everything is obviously about LSU football. And, of course, the big matchup coming up this weekend. We are finally in Bama week. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so pumped up. I don't know if I should, like, hesitate in getting pumped up yet. But regardless, I am. Got top 10 matchup. We'll, of course, talk college football playoff rankings after we discuss a little bit of college basketball and LSU quickly approaching the season. But I know, y'all, that's not what y'all mainly are here to talk to, to talk about and listen, uh, listen for. So we will get to LSU-Bama at the end of the show, and we'll get to the college football playoff rankings uh, in the middle of the show in the second segment. But I want to start off this show by talking – about LSU basketball because not a lot of people are talking about LSU basketball right now, and understandably so, but this is going to give us something to look forward to, obviously, after the LSU-Alabama game, and especially if it doesn't turn out the way that we want it to, we are going to get to, of course, look forward to the LSU basketball game. Uh, Ryan says, I'm pumped to see what Coach Matt can do. I'm thinking 18 to 20 wins. That would be huge for his first season. And listen, guys. We talked about it, of course, during the offseason and, and and especially while he was doing a phenomenal job recruiting and, and getting guys out of the transfer portal. But, listen, this, this LSU basketball team, they're no slouch. I think they were picked, like, in the power – I can't remember exactly, but I saw some power rankings on Twitter not long ago, and I think they were sixth in the conference behind teams like Tennessee, Kentucky, Auburn, Florida – um, you know, teams like that, Arkansas, obviously. So, I mean, that's really, really encouraging, especially considering that you are basically turnovering, uh, turning over an entire roster, an entire coaching staff. Everything's bright. I mean, this is it's it's kind of weird because it's oddly similar to what LSU football is going through right now. Like LSU football had to do a complete overhaul, an entire new coaching staff, entire new roster. And that's really what the basketball team is about to do and it has done this upcoming season. An entire new coaching staff, an entire new roster just about. But I do want to talk about this basketball team and give a brief preview before we get into, of course, the big topic of LSU football and the college football playoff rankings because I'm really excited. Listen, guys, here's something that I want to mention just to start. And this will be something – that can be obviously talked about in the future and as the season progresses with this LSU basketball team. I think this team has the potential, and Ryan said it. He said 18 to 20 wins. I don't know if they get to that many, but I think this team has the potential um, to win a lot of basketball games and potentially be better. I I think they are better than last year's team overall. Um, So – Quickly, I want to give you all kind of my projection on who could be starting. I think there's some guys that I'm pretty pretty solid on. Uh, on I'm believing that they're going to become the starters at the beginning of the season. Uh, there's a couple positions like the four and the five. Uh, not, not the four, but really the three and the five that I, I'm a little hesitant on. Uh, but I want to give you all kind of my prediction on who I think is going to be the starting five because – 
Uh, and I'm sure we'll get Reagan in on this Friday. Uh, he should be back Friday um, to really discuss and give a brief – we'll give a preview of, obviously, the LSU-Bama game, which will be massive. Um, and then we'll also give a brief preview of LSU's first game of the season um, against Kansas City at home in the PMAC. So let's just go quickly down the roster here. Uh, so you got Trey Hannibal, you got Cam Hayes, you got a lot of guards, uh, really good players. Justice Hill, um, Justice Williams returns. Uh, one of the few guys re- remaining that that's returning. And then obviously Adam Miller, who is a massive, massive get for McMahon to be able to keep him on this roster. Uh, so top, top five players, the guys I believe are going to be the starting five in my opinion. All right. And again, I think I have three spots in the lineup that I think for me are pretty solid. And then the other two spots that I'm kind of iffy on. So, Starting off, I think your starting point guard is going to be Justice Hill. Uh, this is a guy that has played with Matt McMahon at Murray State. Uh, he's logged a lot of minutes. He's logged a lot of games. He's got experience. He's a guy that is a potential. I'm not saying this at all because I don't think he is at this current moment. But he has the potential to uh, have have some pro, you know, scouts look at him potentially. For sure, you got two guys on the team uh, that are NBA prospects, for sure. And that is Adam Miller and K.J. Williams. So, those three guys, I am fully confident that LSU basketball will be starting, that McMahon is going to have as his dudes to come out uh, on on the floor uh, to start game one. Justice Hill at point guard, K.J. Williams at the four, at the power forward spot. And then I think you've got, of course, Adam Miller, the electric, really excited to finally get to see him actually play. It was a huge letdown last season, not getting to see him play, obviously, toward the ACL. Um, And we're finally going to get to see him play and be the phenomenal shooter that he is at the two spot, I think, in this lineup. Now, where I, I am curious to see who is going to be in the three and the five spot. There's a couple of names that you want to look out for, okay? So in the three spot, I think someone like Terrell Ward, who is a big-time top 50 prospect that Matt McMahon picked up. Um, he's 6'6". He's, he's, a, he's a true freshman. You know, he has the potential to be a one-and-done type guy. Um, does he get that spot at the three or – do you go with a guy like Mawani Wilkinson, who has been in the program, decided to stay? Again, one of the few guys that decided to stay. Do you go with a guy like Mawani, who for most of last season started in, in this entire SEC lineup? Or do you go with the young star who could be a one-and-done in Tyrell Ward? I don't know. I think I lean more towards Tyrell Ward in this situation. But we're going to have to wait and see. Now, then you go to the five position. Do you go with a guy in transfer, Kendall Coleman, who came from Northwestern, put up a lot of stats, was phenomenal last season uh, for for the Devils? Or do you go with, again, another freshman in uh, Jalen Reed? I don't know. I don't know. 
But here's what I like. I think this is a good problem for Mac McMahon. Here's why. On one side, you have experience. You have guys that have played a lot of basketball, that have logged a lot of minutes, and that have done, especially Kendall Coleman coming from Northwestern. I know I know, Mawani has not uh, performed offensively like a lot of us would like, but he has been a phenomenal defensive player, and we know he is a corner three specialist. Um, so with Mawani and with Kendall Coleman, you have guys that have experience um, and that have played at the college level. But then you have the talent potential and the potential pro prospects in Tyrell Ward and Jalen Reed that could come in and you don't know exactly what to expect from them at the college level, but these are guys that you know are going to be phenomenal, phenomenal basketball talents and potentially could be one-and-done type guys. So that's kind of a lavish of riches there for LSU. But here's, here's why I like that for LSU. You Either way you go, whether you start Mwani and Kendall Coleman and with experience or whether you start Jalen Reed and Tyrell Ward with some inexperienced but phenomenal talent, potential talent, either way you go, what you have coming off the bench, you are really, really happy for and you're really, really confident in with either one of those and, and, and maybe I'm not saying that Batman is going to go two guys experience or two guys uh, talent. He may go one, one or the other. He may go, he may pick Kendall Coleman to be the center and then pick Tyrell Ward to be the three. I don't know. We're going to find that out uh, because the season is quickly approaching, but this team, I really like the idea that there, it could potentially be a lineup with, three to five years, this this lineup could potentially have guys that are in their third to fifth year. I mean, that's – that's that's. I mean, K.J. Williams is a fifth-year senior. He's coming back, and he's a potential NBA prospect. Obviously, Adam Miller is in his third season as a redshirt sophomore, sophomore, and he's a NBA prospect. We know that, obviously, guys that come into the league and they are one-and-dones, obviously, they perform well. Obviously, that is really what most of college basketball is now. But when you look at March Madness, and I understand we're getting ahead of ourselves here. There's a potential we probably we probably won't even make it to March Madness because of a ban. But when you get into March Madness, a lot of the teams that have success are veteran teams. They're teams that are full of juniors and seniors. And this team has the potential to have a senior point guard a third-year redshirt sophomore shooting guard, a fifth-year senior uh, at at the four in K.J. Williams, a, a uh, junior at the center position in Kendall Coleman, and then obviously Mawani Wilkinson, which it looks like Mawani oh, Wilkinson, uh, a, a true junior. So you have the potential to have that experience – and that eldership, I guess you could say, in the starting lineup for this basketball team, which is really encouraging because when you get into tight ball games, you want to trust guys that are experienced. And you want to trust guys that have been there and done that. And obviously I know that in college basketball, college basketball is different. College basketball is different. You know, talent can very much outdo 
experience in college basketball. And we know that all too well. But this team has talent and it has experience, which is really encouraging. And, yeah, I think like Ryan mentioned, this team could have the potential to win 18 to 20 games. Uh, let's briefly look at the schedule here. So you've got – you're starting the season off with Kansas City. That should be a win. You have a, a interesting matchup against Arkansas State. Arkansas State comes to LSU uh, in in uh, on the 12th as their second matchup. You got New Orleans at home. You got Illinois State at home. You got Wolford at home. You got UT Arlington at home. Wake Forest uh, makes an interesting matchup at home early on in the season. Uh, you got NC Central. You got Winthrop. That's no that's nobody to snub over. Uh, ETC, ETSU. That's also nobody to snub over. We saw how well they have played in the years past, and we I think we played them probably last year or maybe two years ago. Um, and then you, of course, get into SEC play. Now, when you get into SEC play, it's going to be brutal. You start the season off. You start the SEC playoff with bringing in and welcoming number 10 Arkansas, a 10, top 10 ranked Arkansas, to the PMAC. Then you travel to number four Kentucky. Then you travel to Texas A&M. You welcome Florida at home at Bama, number 20 in the country. You have Auburn, number 15 in the country at home. You face one, two, three, four, five. Currently, currently, at the current moment, as the rankings are today, you face five, five ranked teams um, back to back to back to back in the month of January. The entire month of January, you would play in ranked teams. You take on Alabama at home as a 20th ranked team in the country, or you go to Bama. Then you bring Auburn at home, 15th ranked team in the country. You got Tennessee at home, 11th ranked team in the country. You go to Arkansas. Again, you face them, you're, you're going to face them at the very beginning of the season at home. You go to Arkansas, and then you host Texas Tech, the 25th ranked team in the country. Then you go to to end the to end the SEC slate. You go to Missouri. You bring Bama back home. So again, another top 25 matchup. You go to State, bring Texas A&M home. To Georgia, South Carolina home, Vanderbilt at home. You go to Georgia, uh, Ole Miss, uh, Missouri at home, and then you go to Florida. Let's see if that's everything. Got to make sure. Yeah, and that's the end of the SEC conference games. So, listen, guys, LSU is going to have their work cut out for them. Do I think they can win 18-20 games? Yeah, because of the experience and because of the talent that this team is going to have. Yes, I for sure believe that they can win this game. But the SEC slate for this team this year is brutal. And it's brutal for a first year uh, under Matt McMahon and a team that's going to have to jail together. Look, I know I know that basketball and football are completely different in in in, in the sport, but – we saw what happened to LSU under Brian Kelly in their first game. It wasn't pretty, you know, and, and now we're seeing as time has progressed that the chemistry is becoming, uh, is coming together. Obviously the last two weeks of LSU football has looked phenomenal and it brings us a lot of confidence heading into the Bama game because of how this team is playing because of the progression that Brian Kelly has brought this team uh, to this point. The same thing, you're gonna to have to give the, the same thing to Matt McMahon. It's gonna take time to put.
put all of the these pieces together and make the puzzle that McMahon wants to make for this 2022 to 2023 LSU basketball team. So, uh, and and Ryan said the conference lay is hard. Yeah, it's going to be brutal. It's not just hard. It's going to be brutal, especially the month of January uh, to start off 2023. I mean, the beginning of 2023 may be a rough road for LSU basketball because of everybody that they're playing on all those ranked matchups. Again, like I said, you're playing five straight ranked matchups currently as the current top 25 polls stand. So I, all that to say, I'm really looking forward to basketball. I'm really excited to see uh, a new era under Matt McMahon. Listen, guys, Will Wade, he did a good job of bringing in recruits. May have been scary how he did it, but regardless, he brought this LSU program back to where it needed to be. He brought it, he made it relevant again. Will Wade did. But he had his flaws. We all know that, right? There's no need to go get into, get into that anymore. But obviously, one of our biggest criticisms of Will Wade was his, the X's and O's. The X's and O's were just not there for Will Wade. Could he coach? Yes. Could he make a schedule that would perfectly uh, help LSU to make the postseason? Did he get his teams ready? Not all the time, uh, but my biggest criticism of Will Wade was the X's and O's. Now you get Matt McMahon, and Matt McMahon is an X's and O's coach. And he is, in my opinion, an overall better coach than Will Wade. And just look at what he did in the offseason. Did y'all really think that LSU was going to pull the haul of recruits and transfers that they did after everything happened with Will Wade and with the NCAA about to come down hard on them. Again, still waiting. But, and we talked about this. Maybe else you know something that we don't. Because, and maybe Matt McMahon and these recruits and these transfers know something that we don't. Because it shocked me to see what Matt McMahon hauled in in recruiting and in the transfer portal. It's really impressive. Extremely impressive. And you went from you went from complete despair of thinking we may not have a basketball team because everybody's going to leave and we're about to get hit with a postseason band going, holy cow, we got a great basketball coach. And he just hauled in a really good roster. A roster that, in my opinion, is better than last year's roster. It's better than last year's team. Do you take Xavier Pinson or do you take Justice Hill? I take Justice Hill. Do you take Adam Miller or do you take Brandon? Brandon. I take Adam Miller. Do you take Darius Days or do you take KJ Williams? That one's a toss up. Maybe you go Darius Williams, but I think I lean KJ Williams or, Day, or Darius Days, but I think I lean KJ Williams. I'm telling y'all guys, like, the roster's better. The roster is better this year. The biggest question is how quickly can Mac McMahon get this team to play together as one unit and form that team bond and have that team chemistry? That's the biggest question. So we will see. Now, moving on to college football playoff rankings, I'm going to quickly bring this up because we have to talk college football playoff rankings because – 
Here's the main reason. Your boys, the LSU Tigers, are number 10 in the college football playoff rankings. Are you kidding me? Who would have thought that LSU would be number 10 in the first college football playoff rankings? We cracked the top 10 under Brian Kelly's first year at LSU. Having to do a complete overhaul of the program, having to do a complete overhaul of the staff, having to do a complete overhaul of the roster, this football team is number 10 in the first college football playoff rankings. you got to give all the credit in the world to Brian Kelly. And I've heard some people say, and I get it, I get it. I think there is some, some validation to this point but I don't think it's the main main reason. There's been some people saying, well, they just ranked them top 10 because of the matchup with Alabama. They want a top 10 ranked matchup against Alabama. And I get that. Do I believe there's some validity to that? Yes. I think there is some validation to that. But I think overall it has to do with how LSU has played these last two weeks versus Florida and versus Ole Miss. Guys, You've almost scored 100 points in the last two weeks. This offense is clicking right now. They have found their mojo. They have found what works best. They have found ways to get the playmakers the ball. And and when they need to get it to and they have found a way to disperse the ball to all these playmakers. It's awesome. So right now, I'm trying to get myself back up here. There we go. I'm 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 excited that LSU is number ten. I'm excited that LSU is number ten, and I, and I definitely think that it is deserving. Look, I guess I should have just left it up. Look at what's left. All right. Can I get this? Can I get this going? I don't know if I can get this, guys. We're gonna stick with this. All right. Look, I agree that I think Tennessee should be number one. Tennessee so far has the best resume. Do they have a defense to be considered the number one team in the nation right now? Probably not. Um, But I think it is valid because of how they have played. Now, that is going to obviously be tested this Saturday when they play Georgia. The biggest – my biggest difference of this top four right here is that I really believe that either Michigan or Alabama should be in that four spot. I do not think Clemson's a good football team. Let me rephrase that. I think they're a good football team. I do not think they're a top four team. I I don't. I really think Michigan should probably own that spot, maybe Alabama. And and probably Michigan gets the edge there in my book because of uh, them being undefeated. But who does Clemson play? They don't really play anybody. I think Ohio State uh, is at a good spot at number two. I think you could argue to have them at number one. I think there's a good argument there. I think Georgia is in there in a good spot at number three. We've seen them struggle at times against inferior opponents. And so I think the number three spot is good for them. Listen, TCU, I know a lot of people are hating on TCU. Um, and a lot of people think that they are extremely overranked. But I gotta be honest with you guys. I think TCU is a pretty good, pretty good football team. 
are they are they top five in the country? No. Um, will this ranking hold up at the end of the day? Probably not. But I I think they're a pretty good football team. Um, I, I there's just a lot of people right now that are giving TC this giving TCU a lot of hate, and I understand why. I understand, but listen, they've they've played really well, and their quarterback Dugan or Dugan, I don't really know how to say it, but he's looked really good. Um, Oregon, I, I have to agree with. Or I, I think you now. Here's where I think they're a top ten team. I think TCU deserves to be in the top ten, but I think Oregon, UC, USC, and probably LSU need to be above them. Um. I think they're barely in the top ten. I think I think you might put them at number ten. Um, but I, the main reason I say that is because there's just been a lot of hate towards TCU, and I, I understand some of it's warranted. But I, I really like TCU as a football team, and I'm encouraged uh, to see how they're playing. Uh, Ryan said TCU could outscore most of the teams in the top fifteen and twenty. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're a good football team, Ryan. I don't understand why people are hating on them so much, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But I've watched TCU a few times, and the few times I've watched them, they've really impressed me. Um, USC at number nine, I don't, I don't know if that's warranted either, but it's it's a Lincoln Riley coach team, so I understand that. Um, but really, the only thing that I would switch up is I would probably put Michigan at number five, or excuse me, number four, put Bama at number five, and have Clemson at number six. And people would, are probably going to lose their mind, especially Clemson fans and some other some other college football fans will probably lose their mind if they hear that. But in the same way that I've watched TCU a few times, I've watched Clemson a few times, TCU, TCU to me is more impressive than Clemson. I'm just saying it. I'm, I'm just saying it. They're more impressive. So, but let's talk LSU. LSU is the number 10 team in the country. We have a massive matchup coming up in this game, in uh, this Saturday, in this game versus Alabama. Obviously, we're going to get into a really big preview of the game this Friday. Hopefully, we'll have Reagan back, and we'll be able to discuss all those things. Do I think that this is warranted? Do I think that the number 10 spot is warranted? Yes, I think it is. Um, And and like I said, LSU is performing right now in the last two weeks where they have just been extremely impressive. And not just LSU fans, but it is obviously, obviously becoming noteworthy to the entire country. I mean, Jaden Daniels has accounted for 11 touchdowns in the last two weeks. The offense has put up 90 points. I mean, as I said earlier, they've almost put up 100 points in the last two weeks. And they did it against a good, not great Ole Miss defense and against a good, not great Florida defense. Is Bama's defense better than Florida and Ole Miss? Yes, but this is not the elite defense at Bama that we are used to seeing. I mean, it was the same – Last year, they their defense wasn't as elite, and it's the same this year. The defense as elite. Y'all remember how scary Will Anderson was coming into this season? Have you really heard 
a whole lot about Will Anderson. I mean, obviously, yes, because he's going to be a first-round draft pick. But talk about this season and what we expected for Will Anderson as a potential, like, be a Heisman finalist type year. I haven't heard as much about Will Anderson as I would have thought. And there have been teams that have been able to not just contain him, but shut him down. And that bodes well for LSU's young offensive line because they're going to have to hold up against Will Anderson and a pretty good Alabama defensive front. But I'm really excited to see what LSU does and how they perform coming out of a bye week. What does a Brian Kelly, uh, what does an LSU coach by Brian Kelly team do coming out of a bye week? How do they look? Because I've seen some comments. I've seen some buzz around Twitter. I'm worried about how they'll look coming out of the bye week because they just had so much momentum going. They were looking really good. You know, what would have looked like if LSU played Bama, you know, right after Ole Miss with all that mojo going for them? We're going to find out. And maybe we ask ourselves that question after next week. Maybe we find ourselves asking us that question because LSU just didn't, just because they came out flat, because they didn't look like they did the past two weeks. Maybe we find ourselves asking us that asking ourselves that question. I don't know. But I'm curious to see that. Here's the big thing. Here's the big thing, and I, I don't know if we're going to hit on this this Friday, but you're getting healthy. You're finally getting healthy. Garrett Dellinger is going to be ready to go. Um, John Emery looks like he's getting close to being ready to go. Major Burns is ready to go. So you're going to, you're going to see Major Burns back. You're going to see uh, Dellinger back. And you potentially are going to see John Emery back. Obviously, Armani Goodwin looked fantastic last week. Uh, how does he look now after two weeks more of rest? Uh, you got to believe that he is finally at 100%. Um, I, I think the bye week does come at a good time. I am curious to see how they're going to perform coming out of the bye week um, because of all the momentum that they had uh, against Ole Miss and coming out of Ole Miss. But I think it comes at a good time because of the injuries. Look, and Jaden Jaden got hit. He got hit a lot in that Ole Miss game. Um I mean, we know about the, the the couple of times that there was late hits called. Well, one was called, one wasn't called. Uh, there was late hits on him. And, and, I mean, there was some times he took shots in that game. And so I think this, from an injury standpoint, comes at a really good time for LSU because LSU, I think, needed to heal up some and, and get to 100%. Jack Besh, we, uh, we assume he is going to be back. Um, so you, you had lost Jack Besh. You had lost Major Burns. You had lost Garrett Dellinger. Uh, Armani was banged up. Um, our uh, John Emery was banged up. And you have the potential to get all five of those guys back. Um, I might be missing some others. If I am, I apologize. But I think it comes at a really, really good point for this LSU team. And I'm really excited uh, to see what a, a more healthy, a more close to 100% healthy uh, LSU football team does um, on top of 
what we have seen these last two weeks and all the momentum that they have brought into this bye week and into now finally uh, Bama week. I got to say, I'm really confident about this game, guys. And I'll, I'll talk about this again on Friday, but for some reason I'm just confident in this game. Y'all know how, like, in the in the Les Miles era, how you had, like, really not hardly any confidence because of how bad they spanked you for eight years straight? Like, we went into those games chalking it up as an L, like, almost every time. Now, there was a couple times that, you know, LSU had good teams. Obviously, 2012, we don't want to reminisce on the TJ Yeldon uh, obviously, uh, touchdown there at the end to put LSU away. We obviously don't reminisce uh, on the year that LSU had Zach Mettenberger and Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry and Leonard Fournette, and everybody thought that team was going to put up a fight against Bama, and then they just completely didn't. Uh, I mean, there was years that you had confidence, but, I mean, outside of those two years, guys, I don't remember a time where I was like, yeah, LSU's got a good chance in this one. LSU's got a good chance. And even in those times, outside of 2012, like, you got shut down. You got completely shut down, and you got embarrassed. Um, of course, in the Ed Orgeron games, it was the same case outside of 2019. Like, you, you chalked up the Bama game as an L, and you just hoped it was competitive. And if you pulled off a win, holy cow, it, fantastic. It's a different feeling this year. It, it feels – different and maybe I'm not the only one y'all comment I, I put out a poll and let's go check it out let's go check it out I put out a poll earlier today I wanted to see what the confidence level was for LSU fans heading into this weekend versus Bama so and we've so far we've got we got to get up the votes y'all share it like it share it uh, we posted how confident we feeling now that it's Bama Week LSU fans. And the three responses was easy dub, nail biter, or there's no shot we win. Now, the one with 78% was nail biter, which I think I, th- I, I predicted that. I, I, I assumed that that would probably be the biggest percentage. But said no shot we win. Only 9% said easy dub. So outside of people thinking it's going to be close, there is a higher percentage that that say there's no shot we win. I think some of that is because of the PTSD that that LSU fans have from these past few years uh, of leading up to LSU-Bama games. This year, I'm telling y'all guys, it feels different. I'm not saying we're going to win. Although I will be picking LSU to win in our picks because if I pick Bama, then I'm going to uh, get a lot of crap from my my guys at the my guys at the balcony, the balcony Bengals. Um, so they after the Ole Miss game, they were like, "You have to pick LSU the rest of the way," and I was like, "All right, I can do it. I can do it." They gave me a lot of crap for that. Yes, I picked Ole Miss. Obviously, I was dead wrong, and I'm excited. I'm thankful that I was dead wrong, but I hope I'm right because I will pick LSU for my picks, for my picks. Now, on Friday when we give our prediction, 
We'll see what I do. We'll see where I go. But I have to say I am confident. Listen, I was not confident going to the Tennessee game. I was not. I, I just wasn't. My gut just told me that it was not going to be a good outcome. I thought it would be a lot closer than it was. It wasn't, unfortunately, it ended the way that it did. But listen, I think I am more conf- – I am – I'm telling y'all, I am more confident in this game versus Alabama than I was against Tennessee. I'm, I, I really am. And this is before we're looking at the college football playoff rankings and Tennessee's number one and they've beaten Alabama and Bama's number 16 in the country. This is before that. I am more confident. Uh, Ryan said uh, he that he voted a nail-biter that he retweeted. I appreciate that, Ryan. Uh, we're going to see more. Uh, we definitely want to get more votes. Uh, I left it for like, I think uh, it's going to end sometime Saturday or something like that. So I'm interested to see what the LSU fan base does there, how they're feeling. And as we said, I think it'll end up being the same. Right now it's at 78% nail-biter. It's going to be a nail-biter. I, I, I fully expect it. Um, we'll see where I go on Friday. We'll see what I predict uh, score-wise. Um, but I think the reason I'm most conf- more confident this year than I have been in the past in these LSU-Bama games leading into them is because you have Brian Kelly. You have a Brian Kelly coach team. Um, and even if, even if, LSU doesn't win this game. If they're competitive, it, I think it's a win for LSU, and it, it's impressive to me um, for what Brian Kelly has had to do in transforming this team, this culture, uh, the foundation of this LSU program in year one to be able to come in and compete against Bama. And I understand, look, there's a lot of people that have said this, and I know a lot of podcasts, a lot of shows have talked about this, but you can't compare last year. It's easy. It is. It's, it's going to be really easy to go, man. Last year we had a worse roster, and Bama had almost all the same guys. They had a similar team, and we almost beat them with a with a mash unit out there. We almost beat them. But listen, guys, Jamari Gibbs wasn't on Bama last year, and Jamari Gibbs is a better option to run it back than last year for this year's Bama team. Now, the options at wide receiver were obviously better um, than this year, and that's going to be a a matchup that we talk about on Friday. But you can't go into this game looking specifically off last year and go, well, you know, I think 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 we're going to win because last year we we hardly had a team, and we played them tooth and nail at Bama, And now we get them at LSU this year. We've got a better coach team. We've got uh, we've got a more talented roster. I understand that. I understand that mentality. But this is a completely different ball game. This Bama team is not the same. I understand the defense is similar, but the it's not the same, guys. It's just not. And we have to stop thinking that way. This is a completely different game. It's a completely different year. It's completely different teams, even though there's a lot of same the same guys from 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 last year for this Bama team. But listen, this LSU team is completely different on the offensive side of the ball. You've got completely different guys compared to last year's team. 
Max Johnson isn't your quarterback. TDP is not your running back. You don't have any of the same starting five on the offensive line. I, I think the only guy that you have from last year is Malik and BTJ. We're going to see if Jack Besh plays a lot in this game, but Jack Besh obviously was a factor in last year's game. We'll see how much he plays a factor in this year's game. But the offense on the offensive side of the ball, completely different. Completely different. And on the defensive side of the ball, completely different. I mean, you didn't have uh, Harold Perkins uh, on the defensive side of the ball. You had Mike Jones, but Mike Jones very likely is not going to be playing a significant role in this Bama game. Um, on the back end, you had Jay Ward, but outside of that, that was it. You've got Major Burnsdale, Jer- Bernard Converse, Makai Garner, and um, Greg Brooks that are all all new to this this team and that didn't play in last year's game. So I know I'm, I'm going into this a lot, but I think there's going to be a lot of LSU fans that that make the mistake of think going into this game thinking, well, we played them close last year. It was a nail biter. We didn't have a great team. We were, you know, we were down a lot of guys. Low had didn't have a lot of scholarship guys, and we still played them toe to toe. I just I don't think you can go into this game with that mentality. Is it a mentality that that makes me even more hopeful? Yes. I don't think it is a valid a valid thing to bring into this game. So uh, we're going to see. Uh, let's get to some comments real quick. Uh, Ryan is just killing the chat. I appreciate you, Ryan, holding it down for us. He said, I want Boutte to go off. Yeah, I want Boutte to go off, and I want him to go over Elias Ricks and moss him. In fact, I want him to be on You Got Mossed. I want him to be on – I want Boutte or BT. it doesn't matter. BTJ, Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas uh, – or BTJ, Brian – BTJ, Malik Neighbors, Jack Besh, Tyron Lacey, Kayshawn. I don't care who it is. I just want an LSU receiver to be on You Got Mossed over Elias Ricks. I want it to happen. Uh, He said LSU has to keep the game in the 20s for them to win. I don't necessarily think so, Ryan. I think this game could be in the 30s and they could still win. Um, it It could be in the 40s and they still win. We'll see. Uh, the defense has to play better than they have all year. Um, I agree. Uh, specifically in the first half, they've got to play better. Um, they've they've performed really, really well in the second half of these ball games. Um, does that continue against Bryce Young and Jamari Gibbs? How well are they going to perform in the second half against Bryce Young, the former Heisman winner, and Jamari Gibbs, who is arguably the best running back in the SEC? Uh Brian, last year's history. Thank you. Uh, same thing. A lot of players didn't play in last year's game. Uh, he said, yes, Moss. I, dude, I'm telling you. Dude, it would make – even if they lose. Even if they lose, I want to see a Moss over Elias Ricks. I don't care who it is at wide receiver. I want to see it happen. Give it to me. I want to see a you just got Moss and Elias Ricks is in the background with one of our LSU receivers going over top of them. So, all right, guys, let's take a quick break, and then we will be back to wrap up the show. Five Star Hero, your intro and outro music for the Tigers Avenue show. 
They ain't ready for that LSU. Go check out all his other music on all the major platforms. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram at Saints Anthem and at Twitter at One Nation Doty. Don't forget to check out his Facebook page for all his Saints and LSU merchandise. Can't get any better than Sarah Klein Stevens, attorney at law. Her firm focuses on the needs of the elderly and maintaining their dignity throughout the process. Here for you, here for your family. Sarah Klein Stevens, attorney at law. Ryan, I completely agree with this comment. Gibbs doesn't scare me as much as Young extending place. Yeah, I agree. Look, and I think LSU's got a really good matchup uh, with Gibbs. I don't want to say too much because I want to hold this off for Friday, but LSU's got, with Harold Perkins and Micah Baskerville, guys that can cover the boundaries, that can that are fast can and can and can cover sideline to sideline. I and with a with Makai Wingo and uh, and and Roy uh, and BJ Ojolari and Ali Gay performing well uh, on the defensive line front. I I have confidence that LSU can uh, at least contain uh, Jamari Gibbs and, and not let them come. I mean, look look at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is one of the best rushing teams in the country. And they have a running back in Deshaun Judkins, who I think is better, arguably better than Jamar Gibbs, and everybody's going to freak out hearing that. But listen, Deshaun Judkins is a really good running back. And I think at the end of his career, he's going to be better than Jamar Gibbs. I could be wrong. I could be absolutely dead wrong. That's a little bit of a hot take. But listen. They stuffed Ole Miss. They held them to under 120 rushing yards. I think you can do something similar to that this year against Jamari Gibbs and that offensive line because that's another weakness that we'll have to talk about on Friday. But I have to 100% agree with you, Ryan. Um, I am more scared of Bryce Young being able to extend plays when DBs are having to cover that long at uh, with – because Bryce Young has done it constantly throughout his career. He's been able to extend plays, and DBs are just not able to cover that long. And guys get open, uh, and because of his feet and because of his ability to escape the pocket and escape pressure, um, Bryce Young can cut you up. Uh, does Perk and BJ play on the field at the same time? I would love to see it, Ryan, because good grief, can you imagine that? Uh, I'm pretty sure they have already. I, I know they have already. Um, I'm excited to see uh, what they do with Perk. Listen, if I'm if I'm Matt House, I'm I'm going to uh, Harold Perkins. I'm saying, look, your job your job is to keep from Bryce Young doing this from extending plays. Your job is to keep because I think Harold Perkins has the ability to chase down Bryce Young and keep him from running around all over the backfield, avoiding pressure. I don't think that happens if you have Harold Perkins spying him. That Because Harold Perkins is going to track him down, I promise you. Harold Perkins is fast enough to track down Bryce Young. You heard it here first. Almost ran 390 on th- – I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not sure what you're saying there, Ryan. I'm not exactly sure what you're saying. Almost ran 390 on three and five. Not exactly sure what you're saying there. Um but yeah, Ole Miss is a really good, really good rushing team. If you did what you did against Ole Miss this 
this past weekend or two weekends ago and you do the same thing against Bama, you're going to have – I think you're going to excel well because, again, one of their greatest weaknesses is that receiver. And um, that bodes well for LSU. It really does. Uh, oh, <laughs> Texas A&M. Yeah, they put 390 rushing yards on Texas A&M. LSU held them to under 120. I see what you did there now, Ryan. I see what you did there. I'm sorry. I should I should have I should have I should have thought about that. Three and five, Texas A&M. Obviously, obviously. So, all right, guys, we appreciate y'all. Uh, obviously, Reagan is not here. I think I'm going to have to play it at least one more time. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. I'm riding solo. I'm riding solo. Solo, solo. I think Reagan's going to hate me for that, but I know I'm white, y'all. I'm white. I'm extremely white. Look, Blake says it, but listen, I already know. I already understand it. I am extremely white. Listen, guys, it's been fun. It's been a blast. This Friday, Reagan will be back. He should be back. He's right now, he's doing all kinds of homework and whatever. He's in college, guys. You got. We'll give him a break. We'll give him a break this time. Listen, I understand what it means to have to be in college and and have to worry about assignments and tests and papers and all that stuff. I understand it. We'll give him a break this time. But he will be back here this Friday with your boy, and we will preview. We will do a full preview of the LSU Bama game will, of course, give our TA tools for success. And to start the show off, we will preview uh, LSU's basketball game, the very first game of the season uh, under Mac McMahon for LSU basketball. Um, That's coming up November the 9th, so we'll preview that on Friday's show. Well, I guess we we might hold off on it and preview it on Monday's show. We'll have to see. But we'll be back with you all on Friday, me and Reagan, here in the Tigers Avenue. Five Star Hero, take us out. Peace.